Welcome to the To Read List. I'm Bailey, and this is a podcast where I attempt to get through the 134 unread books on my shelf. With me, as always, is my friend Toby. Hey. My brother Andrew. Hey. And my husband Dylan is our sound recordist. Very distant, hey. Also this week, we have two very special guests. We're very excited to have them. All right, I I copied these intros from IMDb. Cool. So we'll start with Camille. Mm. Camille Knox is known for her work on How to Be Single, Weird City, (laughs) and Key and Peele. Interesting. (laughs) Uh, Camille also writes, produces, and edits the podcast Hashtag So LA Mm -hmm. with her husband, Charlie Sanders, who is our second guest. Hello. (laughs) This is funny. Charles Henry Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> That's the full name. Okay, sorry. Is an American actor, comedian, and oh. Writers Guild Award winning writer. Best known for starring as Officer Joe Stubeck in the MTV comedy action mm. series Death Valley. Mm-hmm. Writing on all five seasons of Key and Peel and creating the YouTube premium series Weird City, which is awesome. And we're so happy to have you guys. Also, one more thing Charlie is a Peabody Award winner and three-time Emmy nominee. Yeah. Also an Emmy Award winner, right? No? I've, I have not won an Emmy yet. I've lost three successive <laughs> Emmys. <laughs> Is that Just an honor to be nominated. <laughs> the first year, it's an honor to be nominated. The second year, you want to win, but you pretend you don't. And the third, it's just bald greed. <laughs> uh, so do you guys have a to-read list? And if so, how long is it? Okay. We're kind of annoying, like <laughs> Marie Kondo people who don't keep Ooh. a lot of stuff around. Mm-hmm. That's me too. Yeah. Um, so I think a few years ago, I probably got rid of all of the books that I was going to read and was like, Marie told me, no, you're never going to read mm-hmm. that. If you're going to read it, you'll buy it again. Yeah. So I went and I realized I only had one book that I haven't read, which is like that that compendium of the Iliad and the Odyssey. Oh, yeah. Which I bought for myself, and I'm like, I'm clearly never going to read that. So, oh. <laughs> no. But you never know when you need it for reference, so, you know. Yeah, it exactly. It looks pretty, though. So I feel like I have to hang on to it. Yeah, you got to read enough of it that you can talk like you've read it to people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's about Odysseus and yeah, Homer. Horse. And I believe Eros. she's read it. There we go. I mean, there's a lot of books in my head that I'd like to read, but I don't own them. How many would you say you got rid of when you were Marie kondo Oh, like 200, probably. Oh, wow. Yeah, I got rid of a bunch. Wow. Was there any particular one that really stung where you were like really conflicted? But no, you're shaking no, your head like no, absolutely not. <laughs> I, I have still a lot of books, but we just got rid of, I just got rid of the ones where I was like, what is this like a book on writing that someone gave me mm-hmm. 10 years ago that I'm never going to read? And yeah. I don't know. Just like dumb old Hollywood books. Mm-hmm. Not like books that... Dylan is, Dylan is sweating <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah. exactly. what, what about you, Charlie? Um... I'm a very condo-y person. I already was. Like, when I did the condo thing, I was uh-huh. like, I do this anyway. So I don't keep books anyway. I give them away or whatever. But um, I do have, but I love my Kindle. That's where I have them all. And I probably mm-hmm. have, I wouldn't call it a list, but, like, my Kindle has probably has eight books that I'm, like, slowly reading at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. So that's kind of my list. Are you guys Goodreads users? I do use Goodreads. I'm not as fluent as you guys are. Like, y'all talk about it a lot. I would say obsessed. Like, (laughs) fluent fluent is a complimentary term. (laughs) I I know, I've heard Goodreads because I listen to some KCRW podcasts and they talk about it, but I have no idea what it is. It's like Facebook for books. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
With like a little bit less it, uh, emphasis on social networking, I'd say. Like yeah. You can yeah. just, I mainly just do it like for myself. Like so every once in a while I'll be like, I like Bailey's thing. Right. But mostly right. it's just like, it's very satisfying to finish a book that you didn't like and rate it poorly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy doing that a lot. Oh, I just did that actually. Oh, yeah? Ooh, a yeah. book. Ooh, uh, my spill. year of rest and relaxation. Oh, that's on I the like that book. <laughs> I just fun, finished it. But it kind of irritated me, and I was I like, can... I'm giving it three stars. It's satisfying, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, ooh, three. Three out of five. It's not even that bad. It's of not a pan. even that bad. <laughs> yeah. You know, Otessa Mossberg is like, sits straight up in bed. Like, <gasps> Someone didn't like it. She can feel it. <laughs> I saw in Goodreads that you just finished. War and Peace. I did. Whoa. I did. I felt like really proud of myself. Although I didn't, like you did, read Anna Karenina in two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> no, it took me like four or five months, I think, of slowly working through it. That's. A, I mean, that's pretty fast, all things considered. People take years to finish that book. I will also say it was a lot more of a task than Anna Karenina. <laughs> like, I know more about Napoleon than I ever thought I would. <laughs> I don't need to know anything he about him. He was actually him. tall, you find out. Yeah, he was <laughs> yeah. tall. It's interesting. That's yeah. the twist that happens. Before <laughs> the last yeah. chance of War and Peace. So what books are you guys reading right now? Um, I just finished Educated like two nights ago. Mm. And whenever I finish a book, I just return to my <laughs> this giant compendium of P.G. Wodehouse stories. Oh, my God, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Love. So I'll just read those in the, like until I figure out what I'm going to read next. I love it. Um, I'm reading Sapiens right now. Oh, uh-huh. that's a great one. Oh, mm-hmm. so good. I, love I it. A lot of dudes in my life have read that book. It seems yeah. kind of dude-ish yeah. for some yeah. reason. Yeah. Sapiens is like about the history of humans? Is that Homo right? Homo sapiens. Oh, oh, our our oh, type oh. of human being. I see. Mm-hmm. So not, what, what's the other one? Neanderthal. Yeah. There's a bunch of them. Peking mm-hmm. Man. Uh, Homo erectus. And on and on the list goes. But they all died out and we lived. So it's about why that happened. Ah, you sound so smart. Thank you. <laughs> I think that's why people read Sapiens. Yeah, <laughs> so, so they could t- talk about it to people. You know there were seven different kinds of man. <laughs> um, and I just want to mention, you mentioned educated. And just mm-hmm. to give some details for people, if they're curious, is by Tara Westover, right? Is the yeah. author's name. Mm-hmm. And what would you say, what's about, if you can summarize it? All right. So Tara Westover grew up in a sort of survivalist backcountry family in Idaho where they supposedly home educated her, but they didn't really. And at some point in time, she decided, I need to learn Mm -hmm. about the world. And she realized she really liked learning and ended up going to Cambridge, I think, and getting a PhD in history, despite this like kind of abusive, strange background that she had. And it's a great memoir. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed good. it. Yeah, yeah it that, was good. That one is also on the to-read list. Yeah. I have a thing with having to buy like the hottest book of the year mm-hmm. yeah, or like the 10 hottest books of the year. And yeah. then <laughs> I kind of find, I guess this is a Marie Kondo thing, like once it's on the shelf, yeah. then I forget about it and want to buy a new one. Yes. Yeah, that's a problem. So based on the books you said, do you guys have any favorite genres? Like, are you more into nonfiction, Charlie? Yeah, lately I'm becoming old. <laughs> uh, so... The older I get, the more I just want to read nonfiction all the time. Uh-huh. It's funny. Um, it's funny. But, you know, I used to be into sci-fi and fantasy a lot. Because your show is very is sci-fi. My show is sci-fi, yeah. Uh, what influenced your show? Like, if bo- books or movies or? Um, a book and movies. Ooh. The Planet of the Apes. Ah. Have you read the book, The Planet of the Apes? No. I didn't know it was a book, actually. Me neither. It was a book, I think, late 50s by an author named Pierre Boulle. The core concept of a planet that's populated by apes where the humans are the inferior species. Uh-huh. Uh, 
that's there and other than that it's very very different from the movies mm. um and it's fantastic i highly recommend it and uh-huh. I, I definitely recommend not letting don't google it it's got twists and turns you won't see coming that are really fun mm-hmm. so if you can read it without knowing anything about it that's the way to go i mean i'll make a promise right now i'll put that on my list right now we'll do it later in the, cool. another episode on it so yeah. there we go, yeah, there you go. The list. <laughs> right that sounds awesome <laughs> toby's a teacher's pet <laughs> all right, all right. um and uh, and then the movies also are fa- are fantastic. So th- those were, those were my favorite movies growing up. Was the original yeah, Five Planet of the Apes, which we found out last night watching comedians and cars getting coffee. Were also Eddie Murphy's favorite five movies. Really? Yes. Yeah, he knew them. He's the first person I've ever seen that knew those movies as well as I know them in my entire life because I know them front to back all five of the original nice do you like the new ones too or not as much is it okay if I don't it's it really nice. makes yeah. people mad when I say that but it's no okay. I, I don't like the new ones <laughs> <laughs> very much there's no diehard uh, ape heads yeah. <laughs> in this recording session unless I don't want to speak for Andrew yeah I'm a huge ape man but uh, I'll, I'll forgive this one <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's funny. Planet the new Planet of the Apes are like Costco. Like when I tell people I don't, I'm not interested in a Costco membership, they get really, really angry for some reason. And also, yeah. when I say I don't like the new Planet of the Apes, people get like almost violently angry for some reason. Dylan and I have had that talk. Like he wants to join Costco, and I'm like, eh, no, it doesn't Creepy. seem worth what it. What's no. wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> See, that's how mad people get so mad. Dylan has just revealed to us that Judy Greer uh, had a Planet of the Apes themed wedding. What, is this? what does this mean? Yeah, like I want to see the pictures like, yeah. from this wedding. It's a, this is the most frustrating article. It says Judy Greer had a Planet of the Apes themed wedding, and it's just a picture of her on the red carpet. Like, this is garbage. Why, why I, I need why to see, see photos. <laughs> they had to have a Dr. Zayas be the officiant. Oh, yeah. that's good. Too bad we're already married. I know. <laughs> yeah, you guys got to have a renewal ceremony. Our renewal ceremony will have Planet of the Apes in it. Camille, what are your favorite genres? Um, I'm really more of a fiction reader. I'm not sure, like, I like a lot of things. I'm in a book club, so I just read a lot of other people's desired books to read, which is sort of it gets me out of my comfort zone of just reading, like, Jane Austen and Harry Potter over and over and mm-hmm. over again, which I could do and do do also. But, um, yeah. So. What have been the biggest hits of the book club? Ironically, the I think one of the only books everyone in the whole book club finished was Freedom by Jonathan Brown. Wow. <laughs> wow. Nice transition. Good yeah. Yeah. Well it's almost like you guys have a podcast. <laughs> well, speaking of Jonathan Franzen, today, obviously, we're reading Freedom by Jonathan Franzen. What made you guys pick this book of all the books off the list? Are you going to be able to cue the song Freedom when you introduce the book? I kept yeah. thinking of that song when I was reading it. I couldn't stop thinking of that song. You told me some books that were on your list, and I just knew that this is one that we felt passionately about and mm-hmm. that everyone has a passionate feeling about, whether good or bad. It's like if you've read it, you got opinions, mm-hmm. and I just thought this would probably be a good one for the podcast. Excellent. I didn't know it was so controversial. In researching it, it seems like Franzen is who's controversial, yeah. okay. not necessarily the book. Would not you guys freedom. agree? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think the content is, you know, there's things to think about it, but Franzen is such a big personality that I think he's really... Yeah. He's there are a lot of one-star reviews on Goodreads really? that are pretty like, I hate this book, but it's mostly like, I like the fr- I like the corrections better, or I hate <laughs> Franzen. Yeah. People hate him. And why yeah. do they hate him so much? Well, that's I mean, a great question. I, I mean, like he kind seems of a, a little bit pretentious <laughs> yeah. to me. Yeah. 
He spends a lot of time telling people what they're doing is wrong. So I think that's one reason. Uh, like on social and, media or something? I, I, well, he releases essays in like the New Yorker saying like, stop looking at your phone. Uh, enjoy the world. <laughs> it's not bad advice. <laughs> no, it, it's, it's not. It's just the, like, uh, I think the pretentiousness of it or the like holier than thou aspect of it that people sort of bristle. Uh-huh. And he has a rep as being misogynistic, but I don't know the specifics and I don't want to delve into that without proof or anything. There's an article that talks about chicklet versus dudelet, and uh, Franzen is the prototypical dudelet. Um, and so the, the argument is how come women can write about families and emotions and it's considered chicklet, but dudes do the same thing and it's considered high literature. It's just lit. Yeah. <laughs> just That's lit. like everything in the world, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we should put this all on Jonathan Francis. Yeah, exactly. It's a yeah. lot of pressure. Yeah. <laughs> And he did, he did have a little tiff with Oprah because he was mad that the corrections was listed Well, as I think this Oprah is Goldberg. where it really began, people's yeah. hatred. I was going to uh, save it for later, but I do have an interesting quote that All will right. make you not like him about that whole thing. So, yeah, so this is just to summarize that story. Um, the Corrections, which was what his first book that really, really blew up, um, was selected to be on uh, Oprah's book club, and he basically requested that it be taken off. Yeah. Uh, in an interview on National Public Radio's Fresh Air, Franzen expressed his worry that the Oprah logo on the cover dissuaded men from reading the book. Oh, no. <laughs> quote, okay, so he does. Quote, uh, it's, it gets worse. Confirmed. Uh, oh, it gets worse. Quote, I had uh, some hope of actually reaching a male audience, and I've heard more than one reader in signing lines now at bookstores say, if I hadn't heard you, I would have been put off by the fact that it's an Oprah pick. I figure those books are for women. I would never touch it. Oh, These are male readers speaking. Oh. I see this as my book, my creation. So, yeah, he oh, deserves... So this podcast he, is about me ending my love with John. <laughs> he deserves a little bit of a little bit of friction. It's rough. Oh, bummer. All right. I honestly was glad that I didn't read up about him until after I'd finished the book because yeah. I I mean, spoiler alert, I really love the book. Yeah. And then yeah. when I read it, I was I read stuff about him. I was like, "Oh, man, maybe I shouldn't like this book." It reminded me of um we reviewed Everything is illuminated, and I was really tough on it because, you know, I kind of don't like Jonathan Saffron forward. Yeah. But it's like, that's maybe not fair for the book as a whole. Yeah. I think for me, like, I, uh, he's not like, he's not so extreme. Like, he sounds yeah. like kind of a jerk and yeah. maybe someone I wouldn't want to hang out with. But that's, <laughs> it's, it's not like, when we're talking about some other stuff, uh, allegations against artists, yeah, like, right. it kind of pales in he comparison. He said right? he wouldn't like, be on Oprah's book club. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they passed shit up eventually. Yeah, yeah. yeah so like, he was you know, on Oprah's book club. Yeah. yeah. On the, Oprah are dating now, actually. Yeah. <laughs> she dumps Stedman. She dumps Stedman, yeah. But yeah, but Freedom was on the Oprah's book club and he's since, yeah. like, mm-hmm. thanked Oprah for her help with the corrections because it became a bestseller because of her book club. And yeah. then the controversy. Yeah. Exactly. So so let's talk about freedom. Let's we did this last time when we had a guest. I think it would be fun. And you guys do improv, so you should be into it. Mm-hmm. I wanna do like what are, what are we doing? We're gonna do we're gonna do <laughs> yeah, what's going on? the the plot of the book, but like each of us say one sentence. Oh, okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. I'll go first because okay. I listened to the first chapter this morning. Great. Oh. Um, so freedom begins, um, in a suburb. What city are they in again? They're in St. Paul. St. Paul. But actually, it's a surrounding. 
Charlie's from Minnesota. I'm from there, so oh, I, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's a uh, suburbs. <laughs> it's the suburbs of St. Paul, and it focuses um, mostly on a young couple that is uh, moving into, I'd say, like a gentrifying neighborhood, um, and they seem kind of yuppie-ish, um, but with a kind of good heart. But they're raising two children, um, and it has an interesting uh, approach to time, where it kind of slides forward. This in is a, very a long sentence, Toby. Sorry, keep going. Well, now it's, now it's interrupted. Now that we're already derailed, I'm going to yeah, jump in. sometimes in the first chapter, too. I'm going to um, jump in really quick. Sorry to be correct guy on your guys' podcast. Oh, but it actually takes place in the city of St. Paul, not the surrounding suburbs. Okay. Reason I say that is part of what I love so much about the book Freedom is that first chapter uh-huh. just absolutely nails exactly what St. Paul is like in a way mm. that I've never heard in my life. So, like... Wow. When I was first reading it, I was like, this is exactly what it's like. So it's like, I never really felt like I was a true St. Paulite myself. Uh I was like, what is it about this place, you know? And so when I read that chapter, I was like, boom, that's, he summed up, like, that is what St. Paul feels like. Mm -hmm. That's why I love it so much. That's awesome. Is it, like, when I first read that first chapter, we'll get back to the plot summary, but when I read that first chapter, it kind of reminded me of just, like, a small insular area where everybody knows everything about everyone, what you're talking about? Okay. exactly. I read that chapter and was like, Charlie, you have to read this book. <laughs> <laughs> I literally like passed it to you and was like, you are going to love this. Yeah, that family is like every family I knew. Yeah. And it's so specifically drawn. And so like, mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's his big skill, isn't it? It's like family dynamics and yeah. realistic relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, I read it a long time ago and, and this morning it just reminded me of how nobody gets away with anything in this book. Everybody, every character is like, man, I really like this, oh, do I like this person? Like, (laughs) as soon as he gives you something that you really enjoy and you identify with, it's also paired with something where you're like, oof, man, like, I hope hope people don't see that nasty side of me, like, Mm -hmm. so clearly as we can see it, you know, in these characters, Mm -hmm. but yeah. Yeah, that's totally like that. Mm -hmm. But it's the opposite, too, where, like, you start out, or at least I started out, like, kind of hating Patty as a character. Patty's sort of the main female character, but Mm -hmm. then there's a large section, I guess this is the second part of the summary, where it's, like, her autobiography that she's written about Mm -hmm. her her growing up, and then Mm -hmm. that kind of changes your opinion about her. Yeah, totally. So then the son starts dating a neighbor girl, right? Yeah. And they have, like, a really codependent relationship, I mm-hmm. believe. And yeah. a weirdly, like, sexual relationship from, like, age 10 or yeah, something. Yeah. Too, yeah, yeah, too young, and the parents don't know what to do about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> okay, I got a few things. <laughs> because it's a Jonathan Franzen novel, somehow wars abroad come up. Yes. <laughs> Weird American uh, interactions in foreign countries where we shouldn't be involved start coming up. Uh-huh. Um, birds. I found out recently he really loves bird watching, and there's a whole long section about the cerulean warbler, or whatever it's called. <laughs> More Which is words. also a Star Trek alien, by the way. Is really? It? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's a ship of cerulean warbirds. <laughs> we got to mention Richard Katz. Oh, of course. Walter, the father's college roommate, maybe, who's mm-hmm. like... This is my favorite detail from the whole book, I think. Richard Katz is described as like super sexy rock star guy who looks like Gaddafi. <laughs> <laughs> this does not make sense to me. <laughs> super sexy I mean, yeah. Gaddafi. <laughs> Andrew gets it. Yeah. yeah, no. Icon icon of attraction. Oh, yeah. of Gaddafi. <laughs> Andrew, do you have a final plot line? <laughs> Tie it all together. <laughs> yeah. 
so all of these threads are in play as you go into the last section of the book where you're uh, tracking sort of the deterioration and reformation or not of the family and uh, the characters you've grown to love or hate or both throughout the journey of the book. I was watching Oprah um, introduce the book as her book club selection and she said something like, it's about a family that seems like the perfect family, but then you realize that they're not. Yeah, just like, do they seem good. like the perfect family though? Like even I mean, from the first chapter, and I remember my impression of the book, like things seem like a little bit fraught, at least right at the beginning, even. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, but not I, like totally but dysfunctional, think, but like, at least the opening and the ending show them from the perspective of their neighbors. Mm. And I, I yeah. thought that the neighbors kind of thought of them as like sort of holier than thou, maybe perfect looking. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, totally. Did, did you guys so. think that? Yeah. Uh, I didn't. I didn't have the words that you just said in my head, but I perceived it. Yeah, you're totally right. Um, one part I really love is Omar Gaddafi guy. What's his name again? Richard Katz. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is they just? I, I feel like Franzen. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like. I really like his writing for like the characters more than the story really. Yeah. Like he just describes people so well. Mm-hmm. And he talks about when Richard Katz is living in New Jersey and like building decks for rich people in Manhattan uh-huh. and the <laughs> the gyro deli place he stops by on his uh-huh. way home every single night. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, the yeah. greasy bag he carries mm-hmm. his gyro in. I was just like, Oh my god. I knew that dude. Yeah. I knew so many dudes like that in New York yeah. that were like tried to be artists, kind of failed. And now they do some kind of construction-y job mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, get takeout from the same place every night. Yeah, that reminds me, again, I, he's so good at writing these characters that really stick with you, of Patty's sister, who's like the old woman, oh. not old, old, but like a little middle-aged and like getting into improv. Oh. Yes, yes. Amazing. Just oh, like, yeah. yes, I know I, this I knew lady. a lot of her. <laughs> I just remember always reading Friends and being like, I wouldn't want to be his friend because you know he could like pin you to a wall like a butterfly. Be able to like write a hundred words about you that would make you want to like crawl, curl up and die. <laughs> Charlie's weight fluctuated from <laughs> 250 to 270 year after year. So rude. We'll often say like, oh, I just wish Char- uh, Jonathan Franzen could write about this so I could understand the <laughs> yeah. meaning of this moment. Yeah, totally. I, have, I had a character description, a description of Patty. I have to find like the best part of it though, because the descriptions are so long, but it's hard to pick out like one sentence that's so good because it's just immersing you in the world. I found this book so engrossing. It's very engrossing. Yeah, yeah. It's quite long, but I remember it just flies by. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for me until you get to the birds. Yeah, the birds. (laughs) (laughs) Dumb birds. (laughs) Just be like, shut up about the birds, man. Um, This is a description of Patty on page five. Most people found her humility sincere or at least amusing, and it was in any case hard to resist a woman whom your children liked so much and who remembered not only their birthdays but yours and came to your back door with a plate of cookies or a card or some lilies of the valley in a little thrift store vase that she told you not to bother returning. That's great. It's great. I believe right before that, he's talking about how um, her self-depreciation that she uses to get people to like her. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's so... I mean, I know she's not even from Minnesota, but that quality is so Minnesotan. Yeah. Like, you're not supposed to ever say anything good about yourself. And it's like, bad. you're like, oh, you're, you know, you're arrogant if you were to go, oh, I'm good at blank. Ah. Mm. So it's like, if someone says, like, I like your dress, you have to be like, oh, you know, I hate it. You have it. to say how inexpensive it was. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're not this allowed old to go, thing, oh, I just got it for $5 at Target yeah. or something. Yeah. I was going to ask Andrew, did you, have, did you have any, like, strong thoughts on the opening of the book? So I read this probably four years ago. I, I really enjoyed it. And I, 
remember um, going sort of away from the beginning, really loving the format of Patty's sort of self-confessional. And I'm interested that you didn't really like Patty to start because I was like sort of immediately on her side because I felt like there was more going on there. Mm. And then so when she opened up into her, her autobiography, I was like fully on board. And that was my favorite section of the book, I think. I think for most of the book, you're not supposed to like Patty because it's essentially... The crux of the book is that she married a man she doesn't really love. Mm-hmm. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think so. But this man is like so wonderful and loves her so much. Yeah, that it, like, he's like very likable. Yeah, yeah, that she's bas- like using him for yeah. whatever. Yeah. All right. Um, this is something that you were alluding to, Camille. Mm-hmm. I got a little frustrated with the political parts. I yeah. found those a little bit harder to get through. And yeah. they felt a little dated, like... I kind of wish it were 2004 and we had those problems still. Oh, I know, <laughs> right? Awesome. Um, but that was just a minor thing. I, yeah. I agree, too. That whenever it got to the political part, I was, I'd was get bored. And be yeah. like, Wrap it up, man. Get yeah. back to the characters. Yeah. That That's happens of, in every yeah. <laughs> really? book. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think purity is sort of the, the most heavy-handed at that because it's almost all abroad. Yeah, the main plot of purity is like if you took the political parts of the other books and he puts that—that's the front story. That's the main. Oh, that's yeah. the main thrust Ooh, of the story. Mistake. Yeah. <laughs> we got some notes, Jonathan. <laughs> did anybody else have any critiques or anything that they didn't really like about the book, or did you like it overall? I do like it overall, but it is hard to just read about. I know I keep harping back on this, but like a hundred pages on a bird is too much. It's a lot. Yeah. I definitely was skimming. And I got the distinct feeling, like, at first I was like, okay, there's something about this bird that I'm supposed to, like, figure out that's going to, like, Mm -hmm. shed some light on the characters or something. And then at a certain point I was like, I don't think it is. I think he's just (laughs) describing this bird. He just likes birds. He just likes birds. (laughs) Yeah. I I remember that as well. And I remember, like, because it's, you know, that kind of class of literary book where it's like he writes so well that you're just like, I'm on board. Like, let's just go. Let's meander. You know, Mm -hmm. let's follow these lives. But then he does push it too far where you're like, you can't meander that far, (laughs) man. Like, you know. Like Andrew, I read it probably four or five years ago, and I remember really, really, really enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't think I had any like ma- major complaints besides yeah, maybe the bird stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and the bird is on the cover of the book too, so you're like, okay, yeah. this is going to be this is going to be important. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think this is intentional on Franzen's part, but I really disliked the character of Joey for a long time. And I mean, like that. Mm-hmm. He's the worst. I, yeah, it's part of the story, obviously, but like almost to the point where I like disengaged. I disliked that guy. Yeah, <laughs> Joey is is the son the teen that's dating the girl next door and basically like stringing her along like mm-hmm. abusively basically. Yeah. yeah Joey's just a terrible person he's the worst yeah. the whole time he works for like Halliburton or something yeah, yeah. like a Halliburton yeah. equivalent yeah yeah, yeah. I'm noticing something interesting which is that we all say we really like this book <laughs> but but we're like not gushing about it I, know. I don't there, there is that quality about it and I remember thinking about it after I read it initially too where uh-huh. it's like you love it but I'm not ever going to say to someone on the street read this book and I don't know yeah. why Weirdly, a woman stopped me on a on a plane once while I was reading it and said, I loved that book. And I was very scared because okay. I had like headphones in to keep people from talking to me and she like swatted my shoulder. So <laughs> she yanked the headphones out of your yeah, say, I pop a headphone out. Uh dude, I feel like you just nailed it though. I was like, I guess I don't like the book. I was just realizing <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I was like, I like parts of the book. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like 
I love The Great Gatsby right. from start to finish. Absolutely. But this one, yeah, you're like, you get through the boring parts. <laughs> like, yeah. I was just thinking before you said that, I was like, wow, we keep talking about how much of this book we had to, quote, get through to get to the part we liked. And like, and you would never want your book to be described like that. Like, yeah. I got through it, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it's really like, certain chunks of it are fantastic and then certain chunks of it are bad and boring. Yeah. yeah. I would say the fantastic sort of outweighs the yeah. bad yeah. part, yeah. but the bad part is so ridiculous like that you kind of have to talk about it. And I've always said that I love Jonathan Franzen, but I would feel weird recommending it because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah. you're like, well, it's going to be sort of long and tedious at mm-hmm. times, yeah. but it's rewarding if you can get through that. Yeah. yeah, I think sort of the the step back view of it, like if you remove all the specifics, like overall it has such a beautiful arc and such a satisfying conclusion that I was able to just sort of cancel out the like I, I forgot very quickly until I thought about it now what parts I didn't like or what parts I skipped through but yeah. when, when, when forced to think about it they're there <laughs> it reminds me on your podcast you guys just talked about like HBO prestige television and yeah. how like people are like well you got to get through the first two seasons and then like, oh or, like you said like you have never gotten into the wire or, yeah you know, because, oh my like, god I know I mean yeah. fair enough fair scandalous enough. <laughs> but the, everybody's always like well if you could just make it to the third season and you'll be hooked. And right. Like, yeah, but that's like that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna die someday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do I want to give 26 hours of my life to like getting to the good part of the show? Yeah. I think about that all the time, especially like in relation to books. Uh, people, mm-hmm. I think some people, Bailey, uh, have a hard time uh, <laughs> abandoning books if they, if they, yeah, if you're not enjoying them. I have no compunction abandoning books I'm just like yep if I'm going, going to die yeah. Yeah. there's so many books that I want to read and if I'm not enjoying it then no thanks no I have to get through the end I keep thinking it's going to get better and usually <laughs> yeah. it does not yeah. I hate to say it but I had that sort of emotion with the corrections I, I am a big fan ah. of freedom and I didn't like the corrections almost at all um, I think you and I have spoken about this Andrew but I agree with you 100% yeah. And I, it was sort of exactly that emotion. I kept waiting for it to kick on. And maybe the mistake was that I read Freedom first. And so I sort of saw a version of his writing that I liked better. And I kept sort of waiting mm-hmm. for it to be like that. But I, I will give a defense of Freedom, which is, with all of that said, I was so engrossed in this book. Mm-hmm. And like I kept thinking, oh, this is going to be a bear to get through. This is like 560 pages. Yeah. But as soon as I started reading it, I was like, I'm in this world. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm in it. And like I might read this really quickly. And on the back of my book, I think it's it, talking about the corrections, but they said like you might find yourself trying to read it in one sitting. Mm-hmm. And mm. I felt that way a little bit. Like there's no way that you can because it's so epic. But yeah. mm. and it stuck with me. Like until we yeah, I think we just said this, but a lot of the characters have I've thought about for years since I first read it mm-hmm. and the stories have like stuck with me even though there are still the things that you do have to get through it is a really rewarding read yeah yeah uh so let's do a thing where like on the count of three we're all gonna say out of five stars how many stars we give this book mm-hmm. yes. I'm ready. okay one two three four, four. Oh wow! Wait, okay, what did everyone so I say? said it was I so s- exciting. I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't even hear. Really hear. Okay, <laughs> I said four. 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 Three. <gasps> Andrew. Four. Oh, Charlie! Oh, I'm no half stars. You said. <laughs> yeah, true. It would be a three and a half. Fair enough. You said. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think, like coming in today, you would have said it was four, but after this talk, you moved it down to three? Yes. Oh, I feel oh, guilty. Crazy. Yeah, no, we're so powerful. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> I would have gone four and a half for the record. Oh, yeah, really? me too. Me too. Mm. Not I, exactly five, but it's 
it's still close. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think if you had asked me immediately when I finished it, I would have been almost at five. But now, after a couple of years, for sure, mm-hmm. four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was probably four walking in the door, but. Mm-hmm. Wow, oh. I, I, I'm with Bailey. I feel kind of bad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to like spoil people's no, no, enjoyment no. of doesn't change my life in yeah. any way. <laughs> Sorry, Jonathan Franzen. <laughs> well, so I'm gonna I'm gonna keep this one on my shelf. I will recommend it to a few people, but I think it's it seems like one that you should have that you should have read and mm-hmm. you you should have an opinion about whether it's good or bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, if I had a copy of it, which I don't, uh, I would not keep it on my shelf. I think I donate it. Yeah, I'm donating this. No, one. Yeah. donate it to me. I'm gonna put it next to the corrections on my shelf. <laughs> we nice. have separate shelves. Do you really? <laughs> really? Yeah. Is that weird? <laughs> kind of weird. Kinda I, don't know. Yeah, I never really thought about it. <laughs> Why do you have two shelves? I, you know what? I think we're getting to a real core thing. You guys, were, you were talking about how this book made you feel bad about long-term relationships. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and often people are like. Me and Camille like don't fight and stuff. Uh-huh. And we get along really, really well. And other couples are always like, "How do you guys do it?" Uh-huh. Separate bookshelves, baby. <laughs> 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 Perfect. It's always irked me that I read Freedom first, but you had it on your shelf. Uh, yeah, oh, I sense a fight coming, guys. Oh, no. um, I'm sure that you guys have seen the movie When Harry Met Sally, but that's a big point. That's like write your name in your books because you might get divorced and you won't know whose mm. book it is. <laughs> I haven't seen it in so long. I forgot about that. That's hilarious. Oh, I did that when I was a kid because my sister, like, we just, like, would get confused. So, mm. we're like, oh, no, I have a book plate and all of my childhood books. So That's amazing. Oh, That's I adorable. always get so sad when you pick up one of those from the secondhand bookstore. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, what happened oh to this God. kid? Yeah. 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 Or there's, or there's like, some, like, incredibly touching note. It's, like, written for yeah. someone's graduation. Yeah. Like. yeah. Uh, well, Freedom by Jonathan Franzen. I think we'll say four stars. Overall. Yeah, we'll just ignore Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so unheard of. <laughs> You're like Patty. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Uh, Toby, do you have any facts on Mr. Franzen? I do have some facts. Um, so, he was born August 17th, 1959. His full name is Jonathan Earl Franzen. As we've kind of mentioned many times, uh, he's incredibly successful. Um, the acclaim has mostly gone to the corrections, which was mm-hmm. his first big success. And me and Andrew don't agree. So, yeah. so take, take that take consensus. That. <laughs> exactly. For the record, I do agree. So yeah, Franzen is um, mostly known as this kind of curmudgeon-y, uh, like rub people the wrong way character. Uh, he's very, I wouldn't say like technophobic, but he has like really enjoys writing his articles in the New York Times or the New Yorker kind of lampooning technology. Um, and he doesn't like eBooks. Um, he says, quote, all the real things, the authentic things, the honest things are dying off. This seems to be a little bit of an overreaction about ebooks. But what does he feel about overpopulation? <laughs> Franzen taught a, a fiction writing seminar at Swarthmore um, in 1982 and 94. Um, and they interviewed some of his students from the time. And they said that he came into the class and wrote two words uh, during the first class, two words on the blackboard. Truth and beauty. <laughs> uh, and he told his students, these are the goals of fiction. Um, That's what I have tattooed on my knuckles. <laughs> the, the students describe him as uh, very serious. Uh, he doesn't really suffer any fools in his class. Um, but they did say that he had like a, a very obvious love of language and writing. Um, and they said, you know, he was a good teacher. Um, and then he has stated, it's an interesting fact, uh, Franzen has stated that the writing of freedom was deeply impacted by the death of his close friend, uh, David Foster Wallace. Mm, So as he was writing this, uh, that happened. 
And here is just a collection of strange facts with uh, very little context from an interview he did with The New Yorker. Dope. Um, <laughs> thank you. Uh, before setting out to be a novelist, he wanted to be an inventor. I don't know why that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Wanting to be an inventor is a very strange thing. It's like, I just want yeah. to make stuff, but I don't know what. It's so generic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, during the 90s, he said he never missed an episode with, of Married with Children. Mm, Not a show that necessarily... Interesting. I would, yeah. He, uh, he met President Obama when he was kind of like ascending into fame. And he said when he met him, they talked about Nixon mostly. And uh, Obama wanted to talk about freedom, but he didn't want to talk about freedom with him. The book, not the concept. Oh. <laughs> it's interesting how much he doesn't want to talk with black people about his books. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. Let's do examples. Uh, and the last uh, strange contextless fact is uh, he likes scrambled eggs because they are, quote, a nice platform for butter. <laughs> I'm so done with this, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say two stars? <laughs> so those are my friends and facts. Okay, um, Andrew, do you have a game for us? Heck, yes, I have a game for us. So the name of the game is Franzen's Flight of Fancy. Um, <laughs> so the way this game will work is I would like to split you guys into teams. It would seem to make sense that uh, Camille and Charlie would be on a team, uh, and Toby and Bailey. It'll be nice to not playing against, be playing against Bailey for once. Yeah, oh, true. Yeah. Before we get into this, what do we think that uh, Franzen likes more than anything in the world? Birds. Scrambled eggs. Yeah, birds. Himself. Birds is correct. So <laughs> <laughs> As you Charlie were talking birds. about birds this whole time, <laughs> I was like, just you wait. <laughs> Big thank you to George Armistead uh, of the American Birding Association for writing an article, which I got most of my information from. So the way this game will work is I'm going to read you a list of three bird names. One of them is not a real bird. The other two are. Okay. So as a team, you have to agree which one you think is fake. Copy okay. that. Killing two birds with one lie. That's the name of the game. Nah, it's Franzen's Fancy, but you could try to rename okay, it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you are only going to answer as a team. For each correct answer, you will receive one point. Whoever has enough points at the end wins. Caca. Caca. <laughs> Charlie and Camille, are you ready? Yes. Yes. All right. Satanic Nightjar. Greater Thunderjay. Predicted Ant Wren. Eileen Greater Night Jar, the second one, Greater something. I was also going to say that. All right, Greater Night Jar or something like that? There's Satanic Night Jar and the Greater Thunder Jay. Uh -oh. Greater Thunder Jay. That is correct. Congratulations. Oh! Wow. So that's one point for Charlie and Camille. Congratulations. Are you ready, Toby and Bailey? Yes. Yeah, right. I'm a little bit intimidated. Yeah. That, was, <laughs> that was really good. I don't think I would have gotten that right. 40 Spotted Pardalot. Agile tit tyrant, Croydon's <laughs> keeper. I feel like Ooh. forty spotted is too specific, right? It's a lot of spots. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's go with the forty spotted. That is incorrect. Oh. Croydon's keeper is not a real bird. Oh. oh. A bird can't keep a man. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one to zero for Charlie and Camille. Next turn. Speedy ruffle tit. Growling Rifle Bird. <laughs> Paltry Tyranulet. Uh, could you say them again? Maybe. <laughs> Speedy Ruffle Tit. Growling Rifle Bird. Paltry Tyranulet. It's because it's Speedy something tit. Speedy something tit. <laughs> that is again correct. The Speedy Ruffle Tit is oh, not a real oh, bird. Uh, <laughs> Y'all didn't know we were members of the Audubon. <laughs> oh, did we not mention that? All right, Toby, Bailey, you ready? Yes. yes. 
Warbling Doradito, Highland Swooping Hammer, Van Damme's <laughs> Vanga. I think it's a swooping hammer. I'll go with you. Yeah. Yeah, swooping swooping hammer. Yeah, that's correct. I had too much fun making that one. Yes. <laughs> All right, it is two to one for Charlie and Camille. Here is the third round. Pitta-like ground roller, fire-crested fruit wing, trumpet menu code. Fire-crested fruit wing. You are the greatest players of France and Spancy of all time. <laughs> the fire-crested fruit wing. You guys are crushing wow. it. <laughs> all right, you ready? We're ready. Prince Ruspoli's Taraco. Lazy Kistacola. Weeping Father's Wing. I think it's Prince Rispoli because that sounds like something Andrew would make up. I, ex- I agree 100%. <laughs> yeah. He loves princes. That is completely incorrect. I'm so sorry. Oh. It is the Weeping Father's Wing. No. Oh. Oh. Okay, I mean, I, that makes sense. All right, this is game point for Charlie and Camille. Oh, my goodness. No pressure. All right. Speckled Swooping Hawk. Siamese Fireback. Sandy Galito. <laughs> I think Sandy Galito plays with the Dodgers. <laughs> I think the first one's real. Uh, I say Sandy Galito. Sandy Galito. That is incorrect. The speckled swooping yeah. hawk is not a real bird. Oh. <laughs> oh. All right. But don't worry, because if Bailey and Toby get this one wrong, you still we, win. We so you have plenty of yeah. chances to hold surf here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Invisible Rail. Lazarus's Tyrant. Oleogenus. Hemisphingus. <laughs> wow. What do you okay, think? I think the invisible rail sounds so bizarre that it must be real. Yeah. I, I think it's Lazarus's tyrant. Okay. I'll go with you. It sounds like a Philip Roth novel. Yeah. <laughs> Lazarus's right, La- Lazarus is tyrant. Yeah. That is correct. Lazarus's tyrant yeah. is nice. not a real bird. Again, Charlie and Camille, your turn to try to win this game. Greater Pee Wee. Handsome Fruit Eater. Saxony Serpent Wing. Handsome Fruit Eater. That is incorrect. The Saxony Serpent Wing is a fake bird. The Handsome Fruit Eater is a handsome fruit eater. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) All right. All right, Bailey. Okay. Here you go. Frilled Coquette. Arctic Nimble Dart. Scimitar Winged (laughs) Piha. Okay. Arctic whatever. Arctic Nimble Dart is not a real bird. Congratulations, oh. you've tied up the game three to three. I prepared for this eventuality, and here is your tiebreaker. Okay. okay. It is going to be first to say the correct answer. So Ooh. please wait for me to get through all birds, and I will say go. <laughs> or I will say, I won't say go. I will say Franzen. And whoever says the correct answer first, deemed by me, 3,000 miles away in New York City, wins. (laughs) Luciano's Tufted Jay. Crimson Fruit Crow. Bearded Helmet Crest. One, two, three. Franzen. Bearded Helmet Crest. Luciano. Wind goes to Bailey and Toby. Luciano's Tufted J is not a real bird. Congratulations, Bailey and Toby, for not being hospitable and letting our guests win. (laughs) Thank you. We really really flew away with that one, didn't we? Who knew there were so many weird birds? That was maybe the most dramatic game we've had. Yeah, I don't know what any of those birds could look like. I'm just picturing the scimitar winged whatever, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) The one that I saw that really stuck out is the satanic nightjar. 
just looks like the grumpy the grumpiest bird in the world (laughs) (laughs) awesome well thank you guys so much for coming on the podcast and we want to make sure that we tell all of our listeners you guys need to number one check out weird city on youtube premium which is awesome and it includes characters names such as barsley (laughs) peffany (laughs) pandrew (laughs) and mulia (laughs) how did you come up with those names I got a system, but it's a secret. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I can't reveal it. <laughs> no, you just take a regular name and then put another letter at the front. <laughs> uh, so watch Weird City on YouTube Premium and tune into their podcast, Hashtag So LA, which has had 62 episodes in three seasons. Whoa. Do you guys want to talk about what the podcast is about? Okay. Um, I think it LA started off as supposed to be us talking about stuff in LA. Like we're going to talk about that restaurant. We like. Or a yoga <laughs> Within class. Within like four episodes, it was just like me doing characters and us like, <laughs> dumb bits. And yeah, and singing songs. It kind of morphed into like a meta, like anti podcast, I guess. That's yeah, it's a yes, an anti podcast is a good way to describe it. Are you guys sold on listening? To it? <laughs> I don't even care. If you It'll dissolve your headphones. <laughs> it might. <laughs> the iTunes thing says. Two married lunatics discuss life in Los Angeles. <laughs> Believe in yourself and anything is possible. <laughs> that sums really it up pretty well. Uh, so next week on the podcast, I will be covering White Teeth by Zadie Smith. And Toby is reading Willful Creatures by Amy Bender. Yay. That's right. Thanks for listening to the To Read List. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can email the To Read List podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Goodreads at goodreads.com slash the to read list podcast or on Facebook and Instagram at the to read list podcast and on Twitter at to read list pod. And if you guys enjoy the podcast, please do us a little bit of a favor and go on and write us five stars. Uh, give us a review. It makes us feel really good about ourselves and it helps other people find the podcast. And after you've written your review, please tell a friend who you think might enjoy this podcast uh, to check it out. Word of mouth is the best way people find out about this podcast. And hey, it's fun to talk to people sometimes. 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 (laughs) This is a reading podcast. (laughs) Thanks to Charlie Sanders and Camille Knox for guesting on this week's podcast, and to Toby and Andrew for co-hosting the podcast with me. Also thanks to Dylan for sound engineering, and to Miss Jillian Beth Durkee for composing our intro song. See you in two weeks. Happy reading. Books, books, books.